Welcome back to the Constructive Liberty Podcast. Today, I'm chatting with Dylan Schneez. And while it's an unusual topic for the Constructive Liberty Podcast, it definitely applies to a certain uh, portion of the population. This isn't going to be a show that everybody is going to listen to or, or going to be able to apply to their own life. But it is really interesting so Dylan and his wife, Ashley, and their two boys, Teddy and Vinny, they live on a five-acre bed and breakfast homestead. They've got rabbits and chickens, and they run Steady Presence. And the purpose of Steady Presence is to lift new families through an empowered birth and postpartum experience. Told you it was going to be an unusual topic. So Dylan has a really good grasp of the intricacies of both hospital and the home birth models of care. So today we're going to chat about the father's role in both models so that you can make an informed choice for your families. Uh, Dylan said that the current medical model for birth leaves dads at a disadvantage by kind of throwing them to the side, leaving them as spectators throughout the whole birth process. And that results in a lot of dads being unprepared to help the mom in the postpartum period, you know, after the birth. And that can put a lot of strain on the family relationship for years down the road. Dylan's goal in life and especially with steady presence is to empower young men to find their place in their new phase in life, fatherhood. This topic, navigating birth as a dad, I think you'll find it interesting even if you are not someone who is a dad or has plans to be a dad again or in the future. Interesting show with that. So I have with me on the podcast today, Dylan, how do you say your last name? Schneez? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be uh, Schneezy. Okay. So why don't you tell us who is Dylan? And, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting topic that we're talking about today, natural birth from the lens of a dad. So tell us who is Dylan and how did you come to be into the natural birth thing? Like what, what brings you to this topic? Yeah. So uh, once again, my name is Dylan Schnazy. My my wife and I run a business called Steady Presence, and that's that's our family business that encompasses her her birth work, our uh, Airbnb uh, rooms that we have available, and then going forward, we're going to be offering uh, courses like uh, self reliance style courses, okay, and uh, and baby moon retreats. Uh, at little expositions to uh, learn about local providers uh, for for birth, and then just uh, some some education uh, to go with that. Gotcha. So, how did you? What brought you into the the birth space? Like, how did how did you be, come to be someone who is providing those services, helping people with natural births? Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, it really all started with uh, the birth of my first son. So uh, to kind of go into uh, some of the details, we were planning on having a home birth. And we went to a, a doctor's appointment and the uh, the ultrasound techs uh, discovered some uh, cysts on my wife's ovaries. Oh. And so that, uh, that, that changed our picture from having a home birth to um, going to the hospital. Gotcha. And so, yeah. And so during that process, 
um, especially the, the, the birth process itself, we were, you know, not given the, the risks and benefits of, of various interventions that, that happened um, during the process. And it, the whole experience kind of left, left us uh, disempowered and wondering if the, the process could go better, um, you know, if, if we knew more information. And so you know, the purpose of our, our, our business is to, to help families, you know, navigate the waters of, of birth and, and to have an empowered birth experience. Gotcha. Uh, we, I was just talking with my wife, you know, we're not, we're not trying to suggest that everyone have a home birth or have an unassisted birth or mm-hmm. have a birth out in a field of daisies, but <laughs> But to have have the birth experience that that you choose for yourself, and that you have all the knowledge to make the right choice for your family. Yeah, that makes sense. So going back to you talked about uh, the birth of your first son, planning to have a home birth, but being forced to go <laughs> to a hospital, go that the, the traditional medical route that most people go through. Give us a little background on kind of was into the typical birth in a hospital and all of that and how that uh, pushed you to, to helping other people, you know, knowing what all goes into a birth so they can make an informed decision. Yeah. So I guess I was under the, in uh, the, the understanding that, you know, uh, when, when we watch, uh, I, I guess, Disney movies or just po- through pop culture, we we kind of understand birth as something that happens. It's a process. And then afterwards, you have a baby. Mm. And there's so much more that goes into it. Uh, I mean, one of the one of the biggest things for me during during the process was how the the, the various points of the process where I, I couldn't help my wife because I, I didn't have the knowledge as, as a, as a man to, uh, to assist her uh, throughout the process. And so that, and that's what, that's what we want to teach uh, dads uh, so that they, that they can, they, they know what to expect. Gotcha. And when, when, when choices come up that need to be made, we can be making the correct choices for our family by, by understanding what risks and benefits are associated uh, with the choice that you're making. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, what, how did you imagine before the birth of your first son? How did, how did you imagine, you know, you talked about the, the, the Disney birth that we see in movies is, you know, you go to hospital, a little bit of pain, whatever, then there's a baby at the end. Yeah. Kind of what did you imagine, you know, outside of that, that birth would be like, was there, yeah. Walk us through that a little bit and then, uh, yeah, go into that a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're talking about, uh, you, you have your baby and now, now you go home and what, what is that experience like? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when you have a baby, what I've, what I've noticed is, you know, people just think, okay, they need space. They need time to, uh, to, uh, you know, absorb, to have, uh, that, that after baby experience. And what, what, 
we went through is an understanding that we that we don't have you know a village of people around us that 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 can support in the ways that we need. Uh, I, I, we had our, our grandparents, which was amazing uh, to have to have locally, but you know to to have let's say a lactation consultant that that you know and are starting to work with right right after baby's born, or a chiropractor, uh, a family physician that you can trust. Uh, we kind of built that village after after we had our first. And it wasn't until about six months afterwards gotcha. um, that, that at least we met our, our uh, lactation consultant and, and she did so much more than just consult on the lactation process. She, she was checking in on my wife for uh, signs of depression. Um, you know, what to, what to eat uh, for uh, uh, during lactation. Um, just check it there when when you build your village the 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 people in your village they can they can help with you know their specialty but they can also go more broadly and just you know how are you doing uh these are some tips that that have worked well for us mm-hmm. uh, that, that's that's great to have so is that what uh steady presence came out of was the the trying to help other people build that village ahead of time to, to have that support or kind of go, go into that or describe your process there, how you actually help people find that support that's, that can be there for them in, in their times of need or, or during that birth process. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the events that we have coming up is a, a baby moon retreat and expo. So during that process and that uh, that event, we are inviting out local practitioners, uh, lactation consultants, chiropractors, um, etc., to come out and uh, have a have a booth. And people uh, expecting families can meet various providers and know gotcha. who their team is after after the birth of uh, of their child. Okay, so. What what's a baby moon event? I have to ask that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh so a honeymoon, uh we all know what a honeymoon is. Right? Okay. A baby moon is some people take trips uh prior to uh their their new one coming into the world. Gotcha. So what we're going to offer is uh during the during the morning of the event is going to be the expo where you get to go around and meet providers. And in the afternoon is going to be an educational session where some of the practitioners get up and talk about various uh, topics. And then what, what we're planning on is after, after that event, anybody that wants to stay in our Airbnb rooms, and we're also going to have glamping tents uh, set up by then. Gotcha. Uh, they, they can stick around and we'll have, uh, let's say, a fire or some kind of activity. And then the, the next morning, we'll, you know, make uh, a big breakfast. I, I have a, a rocket stove that uh, we can cook outside. And uh, a- after, uh, after breakfast, then have some time for journaling and walking around our uh, homestead and mm-hmm. uh, 
yeah, kind of kind of taking in, um, you know, nature and uh, just navigating the the birth world and ask any questions that they have uh, during that entire time. Gotcha. That that sounds cool. I you had mentioned baby moon a couple times, and I never connected that to the honeymoon. So I was I was real intrigued. But that that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like maybe it's more of a local event, or is it also? I mean, do you do you have a a digital or a kind of an outreach where people that aren't local to you can also participate? Yeah, yeah. So it uh, it's it's kind of a local event, uh, but we can. Uh, I mean, it'll anybody in the Midwest uh, can can attend. And what we're what we're kind of trying to do is, you know, be uh, a hub, kind of like let's say living free in Tennessee where, you know, anybody that's interested in the homesteading space and the, the um, freedom space, they, they go to uh, Nicole's events uh, right. to learn about that. And so we're, we're kind of trying to do that, but in the Midwest. And so with, uh, with like the self-reliance courses that we're offering, our, our main goal with that is to bring people that otherwise wouldn't go to the South that, that seems to be where a lot of the uh, like freedom festivals are, are happening. Right. Let's do that. Let's do that in the Midwest. You, you, so you don't have to travel as far and uh, we all need to start uh, meeting each other up here. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. So, so you've got two boys, uh, I think Teddy and Vinny. That's right. How, how old are they? Uh, they're five and three right now. Okay, cool. Those are those are good ages. <laughs> yeah. Talk about talk about their birth and and kind of how that went. You mentioned the birth of your first son. Did did the birth of your second son go any better, or what was what was that like for you? Yeah. So, uh, the birth of uh, Vinny uh, was was much more empowered, and that that's what we what we wanted to, uh, you know. How to, how to describe their two births. It's not, it's not a case study in hospital versus home birth. It's a, it's a study into a disempowered birth from, from an empowered birth. So meaning uh, that in the, in the birth of Ted, we, we didn't have an, a lot of knowledge uh, with us to really understand the process. Gotcha. Uh, okay. So, yeah, to go in a little more detail with with Ted, um, when when my wife's water broke uh, for you know the the couple of days before Ted was born, we went right to the hospital because that's what we thought that you should do. We we didn't understand that you could labor at home and wait for things to progress and then right. go to the hospital. Huh. Uh, I think that was always something that was that we knew from like pop culture uh but uh that and then that's what we did mm -hmm. yeah because so, all the movies there the water breaks and then they go to the hospital <laughs> yes yes uh, and, and then it happens and, and it often doesn't happen that way <laughs> no it doesn't and so once once we got to the hospital she was progressing you know relatively slowly and so the doctor came in and said, why don't we give you a little vitamin P? And there was no explanation of what it was. Uh, there was no discussion of the risks and benefits. And so the doctor just gave her Pitocin. And so for anybody that doesn't know what that is, Pitocin is a synthetic 
chemical that is analogous to what your body produces to to start contractions. Mm. And they call it vitamin P to uh, make it sound more palatable to probably (laughs) not an actual vitamin folks. (laughs) Yeah. 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 From like a marketing standpoint. Right. Um, But uh, from there, then her contractions were uh, stronger, longer and closer together. And so that, that just leads to uh, what we call a, a cascade of intervention where now, now the body is reacting in a way that isn't natural. And so from, from there, the, uh, the baby can have uh, uh, like heart de- uh, deceleration. Uh, there can be blood pressure issues, wow. uh, increased uh, chances of uh, uterine rupture. And so the, any, any time that an outside influence induces labor, that that can start this cascade of intervention where one intervention leads to another and uh, this can lead to uh, C-sections or, uh, um, you know, other things that, uh, that could have been prevented if that cascade uh, hadn't been started. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it sounds almost, I mean, it's pretty well like a typical hospital or medical experience where it seems like everything needs to get treated with a pill or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some kind of a, a treatment that doesn't actually treat the cause, but the symptoms. And so that just leads to more things and just like you said, it creates a cascade of effects leading to, to more interventions needed, which not the, that's not needed in most cases. And especially at birth time, putting even more stress on the mom and the baby sounds like an awful ordeal. That's right. Yeah. In, in all of that, what, it, what is a dad's role helping out in, in the birth? I mean, it does a dad even have a role? Like, What's he supposed to do during that time? Yeah. So um, what what I did during during that process was, um, of course, providing emotional support uh, for mom, uh, but also physical support. So one of the things that uh, that that really helps is like doing hip squeezes. Uh, it really takes a lot of the pressure and and the pain away. But uh, that is uh, that's physically taxing. Uh, I am, I'm an athletic person, uh, during that entire process, even for me, it it was a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know a lot of dads, new dads go into this process, not knowing exactly their place and this, that can, that can be difficult. And so yeah, just just being there uh, emotionally and, and physically uh, definitely helps. And then um, that one once baby is born, there there's there's quite a bit that that dads can do that that can help and you know make them feel important in that in that new dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, let's we'll go into that in a second. But I want to go back to we, we went into the birth of your first son and how. You didn't know what to expect. You felt disempowered. Contrast that to your second son and, and how that experience was different 
for both you, your wife and, and Vinny. Yeah. So with, with Vinny, we, we hired a doula and uh, a midwife uh, for, for his birth. And this was, this was really helpful because the, the doula was able to provide a lot of resources uh, that, that we could, you know, research mm-hmm. uh, during, uh, during a pregnancy. So we, you know, read quite a few books that, uh, that were helpful and the books led, led us to, uh, to think or to believe that, that birth is a natural physiological process that, that happens and, and the body knows how to deal with it, uh, versus the, in, in the hospital, it's more or less seen as, uh, you know, something to treat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, another, another important thing that, uh, that we did for Vinny's birth is we made sure that she ate really good. And, and what, what I mean by that is we needed to alter the foods that, that like the actual foods that, that she was eating. So we, we, um, you know, learned more about uh, high fat diets and, and actually high, high salt diets. Okay. They, they tend to, or the medical profession tends to discourage, uh, salt consumption, uh, especially if there's, uh, uh, yeah, like high, high blood pressure. Uh, right. but it, it's actually true. It's the opposite. You want to have, you want to have a, a good amount of salt, uh, and the, Kind of the the analogy that I, I like to give is if if you have a, um, a pregnant animal on the homestead, it's encouraged to give them a uh, unlimited supply of salt in the form of like a salt brick. Right. Salt, okay. Salt. Yeah, makes sense. So it's we're mammals. It's the same. It's the same <laughs> principle. Same deal. Yeah. 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 For um, sure. Yeah, and then uh, during the during the birth process. We, we labored at home. I mean, we, we had, we had him at home. So of course we labored at home, but, uh, we just let that process, uh, you know, under, undergo itself. And during, uh, during the last few hours, um, I was, I was giving physical support, uh, to my wife, but also the doula was giving physical support so that I could be behind Ash, uh, giving, you know, hugging her and, um, you know, be, being with her uh, during that time, uh, which was very, I, I look back on that and it, it was, it's very nice to have that. Um, because without, without a doula, you're, you know, you're taking on the brunt of the, the physical support uh, and the, the emotional support. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're also pr- probably getting your wife uh, food, drink, uh, uh, talking to medical professionals, talking with family, like, no, stay out. We're, uh, we're, we're good. Mm-hmm. Um, they can help with that. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can definitely see how having at least an extra person around, you know, someone who, who knows what's going on would, would be, um, just, just kind of a boost to, to both of you for the physical and the emotional, you know, doing the little things. Cause that's, that's a lot on one person, especially knowing how some of those labors can really stretch out for a while. Yeah, d- definitely. <laughs> what advice? Yeah, so, you, oh, go ahead. 
Oh yeah. So once, once, uh, um, Vinny was here, then the, uh, just the atmosphere of be, at being, being home was, uh, you know, we look back on that and the way that Vinny came into this world and the way that Ted came into this world are, it kind of sticks with their personalities. Hmm. Vinny's a little more laid back and easygoing. And, um, my oldest, if he, he likes to be by people. And that was, I, I think, kind of uh, related to us having to leave him with caretakers, uh, you know, the couple weeks after um, he was born, because uh, my wife had some complications after after birth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how how a baby comes into this world has a, a big effect on on their personalities and, and their growth and uh, development mm-hmm. later on. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I never would have thought it would have an effect on their personality. I can see how it could affect, you know, maybe some of their health, some of their growth, some of those things because of maybe whatever treatments or, or things go on at a hospital versus a home birth. I, I never would have thought that that may affect the personality, though. That's interesting that you bring that up. Yeah, because they 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 have a personality when when they're born. Oh yeah, and something about about that process uh, kind of uh, is imparted on them. Hmm. And it, yeah, oh, that's it, interesting. It's, yeah, yeah, that's cool. What what advice would you give to dads who are going through that for the first time, so that they feel like they have a, you know, a purpose not only as the baby's being born, but in the first couple of years when the baby, you know, and they need mom, you know, they mom's just provides that care and support and, you know, food for them that dads can't do. How can Mm. dads have a purpose in the baby's life during those first few years? Yeah. So this is something that we notice with friends. Uh, We have kids that are similar ages and they, they kind of, after the, after the birth, they, they're kind of lost. They, they, they don't know how, how to support, and that kind of takes a toll on the family dynamic. Uh, but what, what I can say is, you know, always making sure that mom has something to eat, uh, something to drink, and to kind of be on call when, uh, after the, uh, the baby's done nursing, to, to be by her side and, and take the baby uh, so that uh, the mom can have some time for herself uh, because nursing can be uh, isolating at times. And so, so for her to go and recharge and, and, you know, find her purpose uh, outside of being a mom, uh, that's very important. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, when, when they were born, I, I was making sure that I was staying on top of, let's say dishes, laundry, anything that, that can give her rest. Yeah, uh, because they, they say that you, uh, a mom after birth, I, I forgot how it specifically it goes, but they should stay in their bed for, you know, seven days after a kid is born. They should stay at their house for the first couple weeks. And then like after a month, uh, uh, they can leave like their, their house. And I'm not saying Ooh. that to like, <laughs> I'm saying that as that's what they recommend for the rest that you yeah. need. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because that's very taxing, I'm sure. I mean, I, I haven't gone through that myself, so <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. know. But yeah, I'm sure you having seen that, been there, that that involved in it, you probably know better than a lot of dads how taxing that is. Yeah, it's very taxing. Uh, and then the one other thing I would say is uh, to to learn how to wear babies. Uh, so if you if you've ever been at the airport and you, you see uh, you know babies like strapped to their uh, their dad's chest, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, learning learning the different ways that that you can hold a baby, you know, like on your front or on your back, and uh, you know, pra- you can even practice with like someone else's baby. <laughs> We're gonna have that at the baby moon event. Okay. Someone's going to volunteer their baby and uh, <laughs> Ash is going to have different uh, products that uh, that she's going to uh, wear the baby and show how different ways that you can do that. Gotcha. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And that I'm sure that creates a, a, a bond or a connection between the baby and parent as well. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, that's a, one other way that a, a dad can find purpose is to, uh, you know, bond uh with with his new baby. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned um, doulas or or a uh, midwife earlier. Is that something that is necessary, or, or why should why should dads, you know, want that want a doula around? Yeah, uh, we kind of think of uh, doulas as an insurance policy on on the ex- the birth experience that you want. If if you didn't have a, a doula the the likelihood that a choice could be made that that you didn't agree with uh mostly because of a lack of information or something happens too quick uh or you miss it uh because you're you're with your partner uh the doula is there to you know kind of be a uh, go between between uh the the birthing family and the the medical professionals Gotcha. Um, so they'll they'll know all of the uh, the protocols, the hospital protocols, um, and uh, all the treatments and and the risks and benefits, so that 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 you have all of the uh, information at your fingertips to to know how to, to how to answer those questions. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I can definitely see how you would want someone there that has been through it before, especially if, if it's first time for a dad and mom, somebody who's been through that before and knows how to navigate the system can definitely be a big boost, a big help. Yeah. So like when Ted was born, we wanted to go the natural route, but we ended up, uh, you know, going to the hospital and once she was induced, well, any chances of a natural birth after that are kind of out the window because, you know, everything is stronger. Um, mm-hmm. So, so my wife had to get an epidural and we thought, Oh no, uh, I'm a failure or uh, that I can't take this, this pain. And um, so when, when she was getting her epidural, you know, I'm hugging her from the front and I, I feel powerless because, you know, there's nothing that I can do in that situation except just hold her. Uh, but, but have this, uh, understanding that she, she doesn't, she didn't want this. Yeah. Um, so that, that was a lot on me. Um, so to have a doula in that time to say, you know, uh, 
to, to point out like uh, this, this part of the process is normal or this part of the process is not normal. Like she had uh, her, her left leg went numb, I think mm. uh, like an hour before birth. And then it, it didn't wear off until a couple of hours after birth. Wow. For someone to be there to explain why, why that happened uh, would take a lot of stress off the situation. Mm-hmm, for sure. For sure. So you're also kind of, kind of moving on from, from simply the birth side of it. You're also, you've got a homestead you're doing these events and things like that into kind of the freedom and homesteading picture as well. Mm-hmm. How did you go about, or how does that relate to the birth aspect of that? Like how, what brought those things together for you? Yeah. So when, before, before we had Ted, we, you know, we didn't really have an understanding of, uh, you know, future, uh, we weren't good at looking at the future. Um, and, uh, and preparing for the future because we didn't have, we didn't have anybody to, you know, worry about. Um, but that comes after, after you have a child. So, you know, I, I, I had been listening to, uh, the survival podcast, uh, since, uh, 2015. And so I, I was just kind of listening to it, taking in the knowledge, but not acting upon it. And so once we had Ted, then, you know, I started to think like, oh, we we have to start thinking out like seven generations. Um, and I, I didn't I didn't know that there was actually a uh, uh, that that people actually thought that way. I I was thinking about you know grandchildren, great grandchildren, etc., uh, and how you know how we can set up our life to help them down the road. But the, you don't think that way until until you have kids. Uh, I, I tend to uh, observe uh, through different families. Um, yeah, and so then, kind of fast forward uh, to twenty twenty. You know, March March came along, and you know we got sent home, and then we heard people were, you know, going to Costco and loading up on a bunch of stuff and. <laughs> So we we did the same because we're we're kind of these uh, preparedness minded individuals that that weren't acting on the information that we knew, and so that was kind of our big push into pantry management. in In 2020, we learned how to forage. Uh, a month after uh, I got uh, sent home from work, we went out and got meat rabbits. Uh, what else? Oh, and then we uh, we purchased a stand-up freezer. We put it in our living room because that we, we were in a, a very small house at the time mm. and bought our first uh, like half cow. So gotcha. we got it we got into all these preparedness activities. You know, once the, the pandemic was starting because we had our kids to think about. Hmm. And so it was kind of the culmination of those two things that led us into the, the homesteading and, and preparedness. Uh, world. Right. So rather than simply looking out for yourselves and worrying about that, you were also thinking about, you know, you had other, had other people to care for to ensure their, you know, continued existence and, and welfare. 
That's, that's right. That makes sense. I like that. I like that a lot. So anything else you, you want to share before we wrap this up or something that you think the audience should know about birth or homesteading and, and kind of also um, if somebody is in your area, share how they can find out more about this event that you've got coming up. Yeah. So uh, just to wrap up with a few resources that we found very helpful, we we read the uh, Pathways to, to Family Wellness magazine. It's a uh, magazine that's distributed through uh, chiropractic offices. Uh, the other book that was very helpful was uh, a book written by Ina May Gaskin. She's a uh, pretty uh, famous midwife. Uh, the title of the book escapes me right now, but I'll, I'll follow up with you on that. Uh, but uh, it uh, it opened my eyes up to understanding birth as a natural process and that the body knows what to do. And then for, for our events, uh, we'll be advertising the the baby moon uh shortly here okay it's uh october 1st we we had to push it out to the first week of october because locally here the uh end of september is Oktoberfest, and we we would have no participants (laughs) no one would show up yeah yeah everybody would rather go drink beer than uh than go to a baby moon (laughs) yeah that's right so we'll we'll catch them after that there you go (laughs) so uh, yeah, coming up this fall, we'll have our uh, first Baby Moon Expo where you can learn about local practitioners, uh, take part in, uh, you know, guided journaling. Uh, we might even have uh, like yoga uh, the following day and, uh, you know, revel in the uh, the beauty of the homestead and uh, ask any questions uh, that you have about the process. Mm-hmm. That's uh, we plan to have, That's cool. we plan to have a few of them uh, throughout the year, uh, at gotcha. least three, one, one per, uh, you know, season that's uh, that, that you can camp at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely send me the links to those books. And uh, I, I guess if you have somewhere where somebody can reach out to you about the baby moon, then, uh, send me that link as well. And where can people find you if they want to connect with you or follow you on social or anywhere online? Yeah. Yeah. So our main website is www.steady-presence.com. Uh, so you can go there uh, to contact us. Uh, otherwise we're also on uh, Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, and uh, yeah, and we're, we're also on Airbnb. So if you're ever in the Northeast Northeast Wisconsin area, uh, come stay with us. Uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, we, we actually have a, uh, permaculture designer staying with us in August. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So we're really excited about that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You yeah. have to have to pick his brain. That's, that's yeah, yeah. super cool for sure. Well, Dylan, this has been a, a, um, an interesting conversation, definitely something different than what we've had in the past on constructive liberty, but it's been very interesting and enlightening. And I'm, I'm sure there's people out there who are going through this process and, and will be interested to know more and, and maybe even reach out and connect with you. So I really appreciate you joining us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Ken.